that's another thing we don't reiterate enough. Each product needs to have a, a crisp, clear North Star that this product is solving this problem. This is why it's existing. If if in a portf product portfolio, you look at it and that answer is not clear, then we should rethink, should this product be sunset or not, right? And it's fine, right? I mean, people who are working on that product may feel threatened again. Hey, if this my baby goes away, where would I go? There are other 20 million problems to solve, man, right? Uh, <laughs> right? So... So, but I think from leadership, it, it has to, they have to iterate continuously. Hello, everyone. Uh, so today we have um, our next episode and I have a guest here, uh, Adil Faisal. He's a product innovation coach and founder of the uh, 8126 Venture Studio. Um, I had a pleasure to work with Adil for a few years uh, in the past, uh, and he was coaching uh, some of the development teams I worked with, and uh, we had great experience working together, and we had some, um, actually, uh, other than Scrum training or Agile training events, like he was running uh, a meetup within the organization so, which was great, something additional I've never seen before anywhere. So that was great. And also Adil worked with our leadership and um, were, they were figuring out like the overall agile mindset for the organization and some metrics and some like uh, uh, best practices for development teams to do software better, CI, CD and all that stuff. So that was great. And I think you brought a lot of experience and innovation to the organization. So thank you for that. Um, and to, yeah, and, and today we have um, uh, uh, here, you, we have you here uh, to talk about product innovation and uh, product project to product transition and the work that you're doing in, with your studio. And uh, before we start, if you can just uh, maybe talk a little bit about yourself and your studio and, and what you guys are doing there. Absolutely. So yeah, as Vitaly said, um, we've been we've been together for some time, um, and uh, I uh, my uh, background is in actually in startups. Right after school, I went to startups. I I, I always gravitated mm -hmm. toward product innovation and small companies, so working with small teams, right? Uh, so I have uh, th that was back in 2000. That gives you some idea of how old I am. <laughs> so <laughs> right when the, uh, during the first dot com boom, right, we uh, went to the startups, had mm -hmm. uh, good and bad runs, and um, so the, one of the good runs landed us uh, in Microsoft. They basically acquired our company. We actually worked in, uh, incidentally on the first generation of. Uh, uh, web collaboration. I mean, not in our wildest mm. dreams. We we thought it would come this far in fifty about twenty years, but uh, yeah. here we are. Um, so after that, uh, and about ten years, I was in Microsoft. Uh, sorry, uh, in startups and Microsoft, uh, Microsoft together. So even within Microsoft, we were actually uh, uh, in the, in the startup mode. They kept us. 
separate from the big Microsoft Office organization, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, which which had very mature products, right? <laughs> Microsoft Office, Word, Excel, etc. But there, I first came uh, first and to see how product innovation works within a huge enterprise, right? So that was mm -hmm. a very interesting uh, experience of, uh, for a small fish like us who went uh, in a bigger pond. So after that, actually, there was a about 10 years or so hiatus, I would say, from startups because I came from West Coast to East Coast. Um, I actually got married. <laughs> okay. Our whole, whole clan was here. So That's I a good here. excuse. <laughs> and, and, um, and here everyone does federal consulting. So I went into federal consulting. Um, mm -hmm. Now, I, one thing I retained was um, every time I felt the need, and I'm sure, Vitaly, uh, every, every professional I have met so far, they always have some great ideas, right? Uh, yeah. Remember, we, we talked about, and we even worked some of it, right, on, on the KPIs and stuff like that, matrices, how to measure agility, performance, etc. right? Uh, right. Outcome, right? So every time um, I came across an idea, not necessarily always business agility related, it was maybe many times it was when I was, uh, I, I am, uh, a father of two kids, uh, and I take them online, I take them to different places. Of course, uh, my pro background is technology innovation, so I, I gravitated toward, you know, that kind of solution. If you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. <laughs> so, so I used to write it down, right? Uh, so I mm -hmm. had a, I have a, I still have it, a, a portfolio, you can say, or wish list or bucket list, right? So I am just giving you a backstory of the 8126 Ventures. Uh, during COVID, like everyone else, you have you have some time to sit back and you know do a retrospective mm -hmm. on your life, right? <laughs> right. So I was looking at this thing, and and also during COVID, at the very beginning of COVID, I'm sure everyone had this moment as well that you you had a seismic shift, right? The kids were going online. My five-year-old was doing Zoom in uh, Zoom, right? Yeah. That was such a shift. The whole new world. Yeah. Whole new world. It just opened up. And as a parent, I feel like I'm losing grip on the kids. I mean, I, I don't know how to how to control this. And there were no products to help me, like as a parent, because most of the innovations, if you see the social media, etc., cetera, et cetera, and the VC money the traditional VC money, NFTs, board apes, right? Yeah. Most of the innovations are targeted toward, by, done by 20-somethings and 30-somethings for 20-somethings and 30-somethings. That's the, that's the huge, there's a huge momentous, a momentum around that. Mm -hmm. So, VC money, so I, I, I keep, I keep looking at this this uh, ever growing list, and I I realize that I will go to my grave grave with it if I don't do anything about it. So I had sometimes uh, we uh, I basically bootstrapped a venture studio. I didn't even know that I'm creating a venture studio. I just started running, starting working on the products. Uh, one of the product innovation leaders who so one of the ways I started working because uh, I wanted to also. 
there were two actually there were two motivations for 8126 i already gave you the genesis of 8126 ventures that's when it started during covid sure. um there are two primary motivations one was actually to work on uh, creating at least one of one of some of the products right um mm-hmm. and the second one was i really really believe that the current ventures capitalist ecosystem that the startup ecosystem there is it's hugely wasteful you know uh, we come both of both you and i come from lean agile mindset and how to cut down waste and all that right it's hugely wasteful in some barriers you you'd hear that oh people cannot even think about launching a, a pre-seed without like a half a million dollars they cannot even think about moving right mm-hmm. so i wanted to actually really walk the walk and figure out i had some assumptions that where it can be hugely improved so i wanted to walk the walk unless you actually do something you you can assume right. so those were the two primary motivations and um we got started and um I'll wait for your next question. I don't want to let you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. Well, let's uh, let's start then. And can you tell everybody what is product innovation? In like in general terms, product innovation is. Uh, I would say that some some new way of doing things that either addresses a pain or makes something better. Right, does something completely new, which we call disruptive innovation. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, comes out of the blue. Right, um, okay. Or or uh, something that is sustained or incremental innovation. Right, you you doing something this way, you make it a little bit. Better. There can be different types of innovation. Maybe you have a couple of examples to make it more clear and and. Sure. It's always better to have examples, and and it's, you know, that's how people learn much faster. Absolutely. So I'll give you the two first example. So out of that bucket list, I chose two two things to work on mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning. So number one was um, I we call it the name right now is called Caravan Funds. Uh, it's a crowdfunding portal. Uh, but the core problem that we are trying to solve there was debt-free home financing. Like, can we can we do home financing in a way that is that that the prospective homeowner doesn't get try need to get into debt, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, that that has some uh, uh, like the the reason behind it was of course. Uh, I mean, as, as a Muslim, I, I cannot uh, consume debt, uh, interest. I cannot consume, consume interest. And if, if you look at um, millennials and Gen Zs, not necessarily Muslims, any millennials Gen Zs, mm-hmm. there also you'll see that very debt averse. They don't mm-hmm. want to get into debt because they have seen student loans, etc. Et and uh, you see how, what happens to the market when it's interest, it's related to interest, right? It's it's a Related sure. interest, it becomes very unaffordable. So right. uh, that's that. That was one uh, big problem. I felt I saw. Uh, we I had some uh, 
experience, how to deal with it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, that's the product we are, that's the solution we are trying to bring, right? Debt-free home uh, ownership. Uh, another, the second example uh, would be Carrierverse. I'll, I'll, I can, I'll share the links with you for both products. Carrierverse sure. is basically uh, also something I felt myself, like uh, uh, a career guidance for the lifelong learner. We are all lifelong learners. I mean, right now it's, yeah. it, the game has changed, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, uh, our career paths are changing so many times. And it's even more confusing to uh, kids who are getting out of school, right? Uh, and uh, to them, like, uh, if you ask them, I, I used I used to mentor quite a few kids. And they would say, oh, I know. What, uh, if First question when you ask, uh, do you know what you want to be? Yeah, I know. What do you want to be? I want to be in IT. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, correct. Yeah. So, so that's another uh, another example, right? What type of problems you solve? So, so one one just last uh, on uh, comment on this topic is one premise that we followed was to actually first uh, fall in love with the problem, not the solution. Right? We start sure. with mm -hmm. the problem. We don't, we don't mm. uh, get into a problem. The, we don't start with the premise that, oh, we have to use AI, right? Yeah. Or we have to use blockchain. We don't start with that premise. We start with mm -hmm. a, a genuine problem. And mm -hmm. if we have to use AI, we would use AI to solve it. Yeah, that, that's the key. That, that's like you're starting from the end uh, where you want to be with this. Right, right. Not necessarily the solution, but like, where you want to be the, the future state and then you say which tool will allow me uh, to get there the cruise, right. something right. like that mm -hmm. um, when you're talking about these two products these two examples mm -hmm. of um uh, in uh, product innovations that you worked on are those digital products or their services or how, how does it work right so uh, great question yeah so because of my background as i said uh, when you're a hammer everything is a nail right so i tend to gravitate toward problems that I see a digital solution for, mm -hmm. but not necessarily uh, everything turns out to be a digital product. However, the sure. ones that we are working on till now uh, is mostly digital solutions, right? Okay. All right. I just wanted to clarify, I wasn't clear if it's more like a uh, consulting or services like public service maybe or something like that or, or it's more so like the, a... so the, uh, the two examples I gave carrier verse is a software as a solution uh, uh, yeah. software as a service right. SaaS product yeah. and uh -huh. um, caravan funds itself as well is a, is a SaaS product both of them are SaaS products at this point okay okay got it uh, so what are the some of the key principles or practices um, that that may contribute to to a, to a successful product innovation. Principles or practices? So, uh, great question. So, I mean, we all talk about lean startup, design thinking approach, lean startup, and mm -hmm. lean agile way of iterative, uh, uh, iteratively deliver and build, measure, learn, right? And mm -hmm. um, it's it's very hard to stick 
to the book, but at the same time, I do. I mean, there is there is great uh, truth in the ideal path, right? So, so we we try to stick to it, right? We try mm-hmm. to stick to it, it, and it 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 does. It is hard to do lean startup, build, measure, learn, right? I mean, to, to actually, uh, we have sure. felt it uh, in in our daily life, uh, <laughs> daily work as well, right? Yeah. But uh, that is actually one thing that. I, I, I am happy to report in um, getting two products out the door. There, there are a couple more um, that that are uh, in in the pipeline, but that is one thing that uh, has kept the cost and the risk down. Uh, I'd say. 10x right from from mm-hmm. if, if if i if i did it any in any other way right that plus a little bit of a uh, uh, custom process that we added which is number one was we, we are not uh, we start the pro- problem with with uh, not to go, not to go after seed funding or or venture funding too early that's another thing right mm-hmm. um, for very early stage innovation it can be done extremely cheaply again following the lean startup principle right and mm-hmm. uh, quick prototyping that design design thinking process espouses right you 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 uh first uh like uh do brainstorming right diverge and then converge to 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 to, to the right. most promising solutions so so these two like uh sticking to the uh design thinking process and uh, the lean startup process as much as possible and also um, uh, not to go after funding but be frugal at the very beginning because that will that makes you think in ways that you won't think if there is five hundred thousand dollars in the bank Mm -hmm. it will make you think in a different way and actually the third there is a third one the third one is to leverage on subject matter expertise. So what I do okay. is uh, say I am not an AI expert by any means. So I, uh, in LinkedIn, I basically uh, leverage on LinkedIn a lot, right? I mm-hmm. uh, engage with the correct subject matter expert and engage them for a very small, very little time, right? So that's the third. So leverage on subject matter experts, uh, uh, even though they um, they are costly, but you don't need that much time from them. You you just get them for a for a short project or for something that you need yeah. them to do. Yeah. Um, so was this um, uh, was this uh, principles and practices and how you do these things? I assume you have some sort of as a coach, you have to go through some sort of training and education period. Uh, so, uh, do you work with leadership in, in those startups, uh, or is it usually like small groups of people probably who, who work on this, right? So, how does this work? Uh, basically? Okay. So, there, okay, there is a little bit of a misunderstanding. Uh, in, in there, that's because of the nomenclature as well. So uh, there's a little bit of difference between venture studio and say incubator, 
uh, sure, both okay. produce startups, right? Both produce uh -huh. startups, but in incubator, they um, like Y Combinator uh, incubator slash accelerator. They yeah, open yeah. up to the world, say, "Hey, give us your ideas." Then they will have said two thousand applications. Out of that, they will choose twenty or two, and then you know <laughs> help them. Those ideas will be submitted by the co-founders, by the by mm -hmm. the founders, by the startup founders, and then they will try to help them and take them from stage A to stage B. Right? Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, and Veja Studio usually have uh, a set premise, more more like known guardrails. Like we only focus on future of work, wealth, and well-being. These three areas, right? And we actually own the startups. The startups were spawned inside. I see. And we take them from zero to there is a stage gate uh, process that Venture mm -hmm. Studio pretty much follows the same kind of stage gate. Uh, there's R and D, then there's your very early stage like pro problem solution, uh, problem market fit. Is is it even mm -hmm. the right problem to solve? Then you have mm -hmm. problem solution fit, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Is it the the solution you're thinking about? Is it even uh, hold, does it hold any water? Then you have pro product market fit, right? So Venture Studio is taking that thing from zero to these stage gates. And at different points, it actually invites co-founders from outside, co-founders, investments from outside. So at this I point, see. at this point, I'm happy to say uh, the Caravan Funds has went through quite a few stage gates. We have the, we, we have crossed problem solution problem market fit problem solution fit we are in a product market fit stage and we have some fantastic crowd uh, co-founders who joined us uh some investors uh, hopefully will be joining soon and we have mm -hmm. our first client that's that that's the main thing right first successful client whom we delivered with success so that's where it is career versus um another Kaiverse is another example where we are doing what uh, uh, the, the motto is the design, uh, don't design for your clients, design with them. Right? That's sure. the, that's yeah. the model. Yeah. So we actually, uh, this is a Kaiverse is a great example of that because we started collaborating. That's the career guidance software, right? So we started mm -hmm. collaborating with a superintendent in Wisconsin, right? So through pure cold calling, right? Pure cold calling. So he, they are very uh, passionate about it. So now uh, he he collaborated with us almost two years now uh, to develop the product, to, and and now it's ready for um, a pilot in a network of uh, school districts. So. So, so how, how does it work in the very beginning? Do you have an idea for innovation and then you like recruit people to, to organize and, and find investors and start? Or somebody will come to you and say, hey, Adil, I have this great idea. Can you help me execute it? Right. So, so yes. Yes, meaning both. So, yes. Uh, go to um, uh, 8126. A website you'll see there is a bucket mm -hmm. uh, where 
we have in-house ideas that we are uh -huh. taking from stage A to stage B to stage three. Right? Now, so uh, the, both caravan and caravers are in that bucket. In in in, in those cases, in those cases, um, we have I, I, I like the venture studio has collaborated with these subject matter experts to validate the ideas very uh, early stage, right? And and we are we are nurturing it through. Mm -hmm. The second bucket is the dojo or the immersive learning environment. I'm sure you heard about Agile Dojo as well, right? Which is an immersive learning environment. Right. There, we are, we are creating a four-week dojo uh, environment where we would be collaborating with, uh, with enterprises. Can you explain a little bit more on the dojo model for somebody who may not know what it is? Like, yeah, really sure. quick, what it is, how it works. So do, the dojo model is basically you um, create a cohort. You, you create mm -hmm. a cohort of people, right? And we give them, uh, then either the, if the company, a company is sponsoring it, they may say, they may already have a problem space in mind, right? Mm -hmm. Or they may uh, come to us saying, hey, uh, we are, uh, interested in impact innovation, right? Uh, and we have this roster of things they may choose to participate in something like that, right? And mm -hmm. and, and uh, we have some, of course, you can imagine uh, there are challenges around IP production. Okay, we want to create the most uh, conducive environment so that people don't hold back their ideas, right? they contribute their ideas. So. Mm -hmm. That has to be very clear, right? Who owns the IP? Usually, we are, we tend to propose that the cohort owns the IP somehow and benefits from it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise, I mean, what's the point of participating, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then we 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 go through exactly the same stages that um, the portfolio part uh, of the of the venue studio goes through. Exactly the same stage, right? problem market fit problem solution fit etc of course in four yeah. weeks you cannot for in four weeks you cannot of course <laughs> like uh go all the way to Just product, like, product market becomes like an mvp basically right the, the first prototype yeah, and, and we we greatly leverage on no code low code mvp nowadays you can stitch together so many i mean you can stitch mm -hmm. together a pretty functional application without a single line of code right right and uh, we encouraged, uh, like, um, um, there are some great examples of, uh, like, um, Dropbox, then Zappos, how they they kind of uh, started just by gluing together some processes, right? So yeah, you can, you you can create a facade of a service, do some right. things manually in the background, but still provide the service and, and validate lots of things, right? Mm -hmm. So the dojo model is basically to try it for one month. If it feels good, uh, if, if we are, uh, and then basically as Lean Startup says, pivot or persevere, right? Do you want to pivot mm -hmm. to something else, stop it altogether, or persevere means go to the next four-week dojo. Yeah. So how many people are usually involved uh, in this process for a month? So in the dojo, so... 10 max, probably, in a cohort. Mm -hmm. Small team. 
So there's small collaboration teams, is there. Yeah, yeah. It's working small team, yeah, base, small cross-functional team. Small cross-functional team. Yeah. Now the the good thing about venture studio model, what what, what you see is that most startups, uh, if you uh, break down like agile story mapping, right? What they do, right? Back office support, like mm -hmm. financial, etc. You'd see that most startups share like 80, 85% common stuff. Like all the logistics, mm -hmm. the innovation is probably yeah. uh, is happening in the 15, 20%, right? So uh, that's actually one way we build, keep the cost down, right? Because many are sharing resources, right? Yeah. Dojo as well mm -hmm. benefits from the same approach because they leverage on on that that um, bulk rate, you can say. Right? <laughs> A good example is say Miro uh, Miro uh, uh, licensing, right? So yeah, you just you yeah. <laughs> so it's a very simple yeah, example. Yeah, you, you can. You can definitely leverage and reuse a lot of resources and pay for one license mm -hmm. and use it in many places. And, and that helps mm -hmm. little by little, it helps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we were also wanted to touch a little bit on the uh, project to product journey and some transitions. So uh, how does it apply to the work that you do? And is it like, can you give me a little bit background? Uh, how you work on this and where it's applicable? Uh, project to product is not a huge problem for where we are particularly. The only reason mm -hmm. because um, by nature, Venture Studios, uh, 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 like the lifespan of a product within the Venture Studio is very early stage, right? The moment it mm -hmm. starts showing, like like Caravan is showing some signs of life and getting to a point where it will get to a size where uh, the whole PMO functions, it will be a sizable thing so that projects will come in, trickle in, right? By that time, it's mm -hmm. out of the venture studio, right? Uh, having said that, though, uh, I have seen it almost 100% of the enterprise space, right? <laughs> it's, it's there. Uh, yeah. the, the, the project mentality comes in, right? And um, so one thing to one thing that 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 I think uh, helps in that shift is to to figure out that uh, a project has a start and an end, right? And and, and so does a product, right? It, it has a it has a start and at some point it ends, right? But mm -hmm. um, I th I think one thing that the project mindset uh, does not cover is continuity of service right when when you think about a product uh, so, so if you look at um, fifth uh, fifth discipline right peter senge right talks about system thinking right um mm -hmm. uh, uh, then there's like um human-centered design talks about system thinking so when you're thinking about project when you think about product it 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 forces you it serves as a forcing function to think about it as a system right what will happen when okay a project is a feature <laughs> a feature development can be a project yeah. that they can think of it as a feature right you okay envision yeah. the feature do market develop uh, analysis whatever uh, deliver the feature done you're you're happy high-fiving right but then yeah. what 
what did the feature do, right? Is does it have to be enhanced, right? Does it have to be sunset, right? Uh, where, what is the construct that will help you think about that? You have to think about a product then, right? Because the project is gone already. Mm -hmm. So that's right. why um, in enterprise. Um, um, I think one easy way of thinking of it, or one elegant way, not easy way, elegant way of thinking of it, I believe is that like um, bring the work to the team and not, not not the team to the work, right? In in project, you usually, like in COVID, we had to do that, right? You bring mm -hmm. many people together, right? And, and did some project, right? That's fine. We had to react, right? But at the same time, we cannot stop thinking about okay, what will happen when the project ends. So that this is one of these uh, challenges or, or di big differences between the mindset for project versus uh, versus product. Many times, what I see, for example, is when you get um, a funder who wants to do certain thing, you create a project for it because it's a feature, like you said, or a set of features that they want to do or solve some problem, whatever it's called, but it has a very, it has a specific end, a specific funding, and only certain people work on it. And once it ends, you hand it off and that's it, basically. All, all, everything that happens afterwards is either like you have to buy licenses for support or you have to like pay for support as you use it whatever the model is, maybe there is some free support. It depends on the company and how they do it. Uh, mm -hmm. But if, if you have a product and, and you treat everything as product and you have like quarterly budgets for enhancements or for quarterly budgets for R&D and things like that. And like you mentioned before, you use uh, lean and you use design thinking and uh, just feeding that, creating that feedback loop from usage back to the product backlog and and delivering on those, uh, that, that's where the product cycle starts spinning. Uh, it can spin for a long time, and, you know, and, products that, that work for a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One thing I forgot to mention, you just triggered it, is that is that uh, one aspect of, uh, if, even there, there's some, some not pitfall, there's something to, uh, even when you embrace the product approach, one thing to visit and revisit is that one line, like pro falling in love with the problem or the solution, is that, uh, is, uh, uh, I mean, start start everything, take everything to the value, to value, basically. Value would be your North Star, right? That, right. Uh, what was the problem that we are trying to solve here, right? Sometimes you will see that uh, in the in the uh, business of doing things, right? The value, uh, I mean, we have started solving some other problem, right? It may be a good yeah. problem. I'm not saying the second lose problem focus. is a bad problem. Yeah, yeah. We get busy, we lose focus, yes. <laughs> right, maybe, maybe that's a pro the point when you spin off another product, you know? <laughs> or, or or march two products something like that right so so revisiting that north star every now and then that's where i love product product charting uh uh so but product charting usually we do like just once at the beginning of the product right but yeah. we are trying to do that like uh 
not a heavy duty process. It's just going through some questions. Hey, uh, uh, are we are we on course? Uh, did, yeah. did something change? I okay, cool. So you also mentioned some challenges. Um, obviously, there are all some challenges with this process, and uh, I just want to see like uh, what is there a trend of like the most uh, thing that happen all the time and prevent people from successful transition from project to product. Uh, what's holding up people and, and how to overcome all of that? Mm. It, this this will depend on on when you're saying people, right? Are we talking about small the uh, startups or or mid-sized enterprise federal agencies? Right, so so, so different different context, right? Um, in in as I said, most of that in most of the places where the project to product transition needs to happen, I have seen it in the rather larger enterprises and, and agencies. Sure. So mm -hmm. there, one one thing I have I have felt is that sometimes um, there is uh, when when people start thinking about. A product mindset. Some some positions may feel uh, resistant because they, they feel said, "Okay, where where am I in this big picture? Right? Do do I see myself in this big picture? Right? And if yeah. that mapping is not clear, if that it's it's a little bit um, it's it's a non technical answer. It, it's it's a human human thing. You we need to address. From the leadership onward, that hey, uh, you know, to, to give that space and or, or or create that that peace of mind that we are not thinking about firing half the people, <laughs> right, or something yeah. like that, right? I mean, so that's a that's a big. It's that's just important. a reshuffling. It's just right. a reshuffling of it, right? So so the resistance mm -hmm. that that's one major resistance. I have, I, I have even even. Uh, it's like a first-hand witness. I was not even a, uh, even a, it's a, not a hearsay. I, I've heard people even say that you know, in a project-to-product type discussion that uh, some leadership saying that uh, in a big meeting that he felt so, uh, I mean, so threatened that his his thing will go away, right? He said, I am marking my territory. This is okay. That actually triggered us. Oh man, we are doing it wrong, right? I mean, we, you have to create that space, yeah. correct? So that's one thing. Uh, the other thing is, I think the excitement, or and one one thing that I, I really, really I think I, I I took from this eighty one twenty six ventures or adventure this adventure, right? Is that when you are really passionately married to the to solving the problem right everything else will be logistics right how do we how do we fashion ourselves to uh, to to achieve uh, to solve that problem right mm -hmm. and at that point selling the answer that okay take a product approach is much easier once people are focused on okay we are solving this problem mm -hmm. was the most efficient way of solving it so I think value, I, I, I mean, that's another thing we don't reiterate enough. Each product uh -huh. needs to have a, a 
crisp clear North Star that this product is solving this problem. This yeah. is why it's existing. If, if in a portf product portfolio you look at it and that answer is not clear, then we should rethink, should this product be sunset or not, right? And it's fine, right? I mean, people who are working on that product may feel threatened again. Hey, if this, my baby goes away, where would I go? There yeah. are other 20 million problems to solve, man, right? <laughs> so, so, but I think from leadership, it, it has to, they have to iterate continuously. You know how we say the same thing to the kids, right? So, and it's ourselves as well. So, uh, reminding ourselves mm -hmm. and the, yeah, that our mission is to solve XYZ. So, let's go for it, right? M is not relevant yeah. anymore. Let's, so, let's Yeah, so there's just have to be a communication from the leadership and uh, uh, make sure there is safety in this and provide a proper training and assure people that like, you know, even though if this is going to happen and we're going to start new things and or do things in a new way, uh, don't worry, we'll just have to adopt and, and try it and, and like that. This is what also happens at the team level when I work with them and, and there's some resistance of, of doing something or try a new approach uh, and, and when I see the resistance and I, I just tell them like okay guys don't don't worry nothing is gonna be broken we're just trying this for a couple months or three months or whatever yeah. and we're gonna check the results and see how it goes if it doesn't work we'll roll back it's not a big deal we're just learning here so yeah um, but, one tool wise though tool wise I think uh, if we adopt I mean uh, the OKR practice, top to bottom, that that makes mm -hmm. a very lightweight tool, right? It's just you just set some OKRs which create the North Star at the top level, and then that organically aligns everyone else to create their OKRs, right? So if if, if uh, revisioning that, that's a like like a nice uh, tangible thing to do, right? when we said set the north star you can we can use okay mm -hmm. and, and great examples that, that's so. a good framework for for mm -hmm. goal setting and for targets and 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 how to measure all of that and periodic check-ins mm -hmm. uh, that, that that's definitely a good tool to use um so yeah that's good um so uh any other lessons learned that you want to share from either your studio or, or from um, enterprise world, anything that you, you think is what you're doing now uh, is really enabled you to do um, and what, what those lessons are? Uh, yeah, great, great question. Uh, because um, uh, there, uh, there's a couple of very good books. One is uh, Innovator's Dilemma, I'm sure you have heard about Christensen and then um, Safi Bakal, he wrote Loon Towns, right? How to do innovation. And there are some mm -hmm. pitfalls that happens uh, no matter who you are. There's some, like it's built in the system, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And one of them is the bigger you get, right? The bigger your size gets as a company, mm -hmm. you will get from zero to go to that. They definitely did something right, right? Mm -hmm. They are. They get very good at first 
there was some breakthrough innovation, then they marketed them well, and then you start going big and big, right? And they get very good at sustain, sustainable innovation, incremental innovation. Like you have a less powerful hard disk, you make a more powerful hard disk, etc. right? But at the same time, they lose the capability to respond to change uh, by disruptors, disruptive innovation. It's like mm-hmm. a documented uh, thing that is true. Mm-hmm. What I'm seeing is that uh, in our uh, federal agencies and, and in, in the enterprise as well, one thing that both those guys suggested in their books, and it's not just a theory, it's, it's, they have proved it in very many ways, that you have to separate out uh, the, uh, you have to have some process that is separate from your main mission. Mm-hmm. The disruptive innovation part, the innovation management part has to be separated out. Hence the dojo concept. I am plugging in the dojo thing, right? Um, okay. That's what actually started <laughs> us with that. That how do you separate it out, right? So we are basically in the dojo. We we envision that we'll productize this process, basically, right? So so that people don't uh, the agencies don't have to think long and hard of oh, how do we separate it out? No, you just I mean we have a process. You just come in and do four weeks of stuff here. That, that's yeah. your separate process. But you have to have a process to separate that out. Mm-hmm. And not only that, uh, separate that out and give that. Uh, so, so you probably take some uh, A teams to, to go there and, and, and work on disruptive innovation a little bit. So you have to separate it out and also create the process to cross over. These guys fit into this. These guys fit into this. So, so there has to be a crisp, clear innovation management process. That's one thing that I think most of the enterprise is still missing. We, 70% of the CXOs want to have it, but they don't have it. Because of the mm. business of the actual uh, keeping the lights on and it's so busy, people get so busy, they just... Uh, until until you get so threatened by a by a disruptor who is now taking you out of business, right? So, what's your recommendation, or maybe you've seen how people solved it effectively? How can, uh, can you encourage you can them? Always join the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, if 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 uh, if leadership no, no, is seriously, no, seriously, of, no, seriously, yeah. so, seriously, right? So. Recommendation, it's, it's, it's just that once we, uh, first, first step is acknowledgement, right? That this is something that we want to do. This is important. We want to do it. Second mm-hmm. step is, as I said, take some very lightweight approach. We, we proved in our uh, three years journey, right? That the cost is so very minimal for early stage innovation as mm-hmm. long as you know and you, you, you play with the right people so budget is not an issue it's more like an execution and in, people is not issue because the people we are talking about they have lots of people right they, they can they can dedicate five percent of that 
uh, to disruptive innovation, right? Uh, how mm -hmm. do we manage it? Basically, uh, just like we think about agile processes in place, right? Uh, agile transformation, Dev DevSecOps transformation. Uh, this is not a transformation. It's just uh, having a innovation management process in place. And these are lightweight processes. You just plug, plug them in. Uh, lightweight by definition, because it has to be outside that huge behemoth you're supporting. It has to be yeah. outside. And you just have to have some communication channels going back and forth, right? So uh, you cannot just let loose these people. These, these will be brilliant people working on disruptive innovation. You, you let them loose, they will invent something that yeah. nobody needs, right? So there has to be feedback from the market. Sure. That makes sense. All right. Well, I, I think we've covered a lot. That was a uh, uh, good we conversation. We burned an hour, man. Yeah, it, it, we I burned know, a right? full hour. You had some uh, uh, good stories to, say, to, say, to tell us. So that's great. So let's uh, wrap up. And uh, can you just tell us how, um, how people can connect with you and find you? Well, yeah. So... Uh, I'll, I'll share my link. I'm there in LinkedIn. And of course, um, I'll share my whole contact here. Uh, uh, take some of your, like your contact information, put to the description and comments and everywhere. Um, sure. And I'll but... send you that uh, gift mm -hmm. I, uh, I uh, promised, uh, which is a <laughs> okay. product maker's canvas, a picture of okay. a bird, and uh, along with my contacts. It's Adil that. 8126 Adventures. Yeah. Okay, great. All right. All right. So, thanks nice a lot. To to yeah, same here. Thank you, Adil. And we'll stay in touch. Thank you Bye. very much. Bye. Bye.